I'm here with Bobby Dean. Say hello, Bobby. Hello, Will, and hello, listeners. Hello, indeed. We are going to start talking about Millwall Football Club and the uh, the problems they're facing at the moment. So, Bobby, right, you're going to fill the listeners in for us on this one? Yeah, sure. So, uh, essentially, uh, there's a scheme being put forward by a developer called Renewal. It's a luxury home scheme, predominantly, only about 12% affordable homes. Uh, 12%? 12%. I mean, I can come back onto that later, but it's, it's disgraceful for an inner-city borough like Lewisham uh, to, to give permission uh, for. Uh, but the big issue at the moment is that they need to compulsory compulsory purchase land around the stadium um, and there's a lot of contention around that uh, Millwall thinks that the compulsory purchase of that land will threaten the future uh, of the club in the borough and the decision's been delayed a couple of times now because more and more murky details keep coming out we were speaking this evening one evening ahead of the meeting that's been deferred twice that was finally going to make the decision and it's been deferred again I'm hearing yeah more to come on this as well so what I mean why do you think it's been deferred that to me is I don't know. Does that sound, that sounds like someone's buckling a little bit under pressure, or yeah? I mean, it's so messy. This I say from the top that I'm not one to sort of point fingers at elected representatives and say politicians are corrupt or so on. There is a distinct smell coming from all this that makes you feel uncomfortable. First of all, renew all the developers. They've got lots of links to sort of former staff of the council. Um, they were founded by a former mayor, David Sullivan. Um, their CEO now used to be a, a senior officer at the council. So Steve Bullock, who's the uh, directly elected mayor of Lewisham, has had to stand away from all decision making around this because of his links to it. So th- there's there's a lot of sort of things to be questioned there. And this wasn't all out in the open from the start. So that's why I think people um, are feeling upset about the transparency around this. Yeah. Can I can I quickly ask about what Millwall Football Club does for the community? I mean, for for a start, they're a major football club, and that is the foundation for a lot of people's social lives and the basis of community. Besides all the jobs that they offer for for the local area and the sort of jobs they end up creating through local businesses starting up around the club, that that's besides the point. They're, they're a community asset in on themselves. In addition to that, they've got this brilliant trust. It's one of the most uh, effective community trusts in the country. It has a hell of a lot of schemes involving uh, young people and elderly people and and so on. And they're very active in the local community, giving back in that sense as well. For me, there's just a fundamental misunderstanding about what football clubs are about by Lewisham Council because they seem to be pitching Millwall against developers' renewals as sort of two private sector interests that you know don't carry any weight either way. But I don't see it that way. We we have to side with Millwall Football Club in a dispute between them and a developer with seemingly dodgy links to the council, offshore bank accounts, threatening behaviour towards local residents around this compulsory purchase order as well, by the way. And and at the top of all that, no track record in delivering a scheme like the one that they're proposing. Rumours that they want to just flip it and sell it on as soon as they get all their necessary land and permissions in place. They're not invested in the local community at all. Um, and Millwall are part of the fabric of it. So for me, if the, if they are being pitched against each other, there's no contest in whose side the council should be on. Yeah. So you're telling me that this land will be sold off and that luxury apartments will be built on it? Surely not in London. In Surely, but I mean, I, I can't even envisage how that would happen. Yeah, I mean... I'd love to say uh, uh, it's been sold. It's not been sold. It's going to be Lewisham Council are going to assist in 
taking this land away from a community asset and giving it to a developer to in order for them to uh, to, to build luxury homes. Like I said, 12% affordable homes, disgusting. Um, they have got a fig leaf in this. You know, they want to build a leisure centre in phase two of the scheme. But we know what happens with projects like this. Phase two gets delayed and delayed and delayed while they cream off the profits from their luxury homes. And phase two never happens. Or they sell it on to somebody else who then tries to vary their permission and this scheme never happens in the light that they've originally intended. Um, it just sounds like sugarcoating. Just plain sugarcoating to me, mate. You know, like just absolute trying to dress up a, a turd, basically. This this is a company with no stake or interest in the local community. They're out to make the biggest profit they can on this. And they're being pitched against Mill Football Club, who, who are part of the local economy, who are part of the local community. And Lewisham Council seemingly are taking the side of this developer. And I just can't get my head round why. And this is why people are asking questions about all of the links that I, I, I said about earlier. Is this cronyism? Is this mates helping out each other out? I, I, I hope not. More detail looks like it's going to come because there's been another deferral, I, I, presumably because more evidence is coming to light, presumably because there's going to be more legal challenges to what's going on here. Yeah, what about the mayor, though? I mean, th- this for me is like, you know, he's been in there 15, 15 years, right? So, I mean, complacency, possible, like, he's been corralled a bit? I don't know. Has he been pushed? Has he... I, I personally think that when you have a directly elected mayor at this level of government... So, like local authority level uh, of government, he just holds way too much power. And over the course of 15 years, he's basically becoming untouchable. He gets elected every time because Labour gets elected every time. There's no threat of the councillors kicking him out because he's been directly elected. Um, he gets to pick his cabinet, so he's got his friends in there. Um, and what happens is what he says goes. Now, if he has interest in a scheme like this, being given the permissions it needs and the land it needs to to, to, to make all of his sort of close close friends happy, then he could lose his way. I, and it seems here that his, his influence isn't, isn't helpful. It certainly is not in the community's interest. Um, we have a system for, you know, checking the authority of the mayor and the cabinet. It's the Overview and Scrutiny Committee. The Overview and Scrutiny Committee. That's correct. Mm. They've, they've expressed deep, deep concerns about this on multiple occasions. And every time they do, their concerns are ignored. I saw the latest report in response to the Overview and Scrutiny's concerns. And the, the way that they dismiss their concerns is, I mean, it's insulting, really. I mean, they're, they're being brushed under the carpet, a lot of things that are being brought up. Um, the Overview and Scrutiny Committee said it's quite concerning that, you know, we found this brochure that suggests that Renewal might want to sell the land on. And um, the report says something like, oh, well, we won't deny that Renewal instructed LSH to do something, but they weren't told to do a brochure. And that just sounds like a nonsense weasel way out of the yeah out of the situation. For me though, like I, I know I've, I've, we've, we've campaigned in Broccoli in Lewisham previously, and what, one of our things was um, accountability. Fifty-three councillors out of fifty-four, the, the la- Labour, right? So they have fifty-three seats out of fifty-four. Where where is the accountability there, and and has that? played a part in where we are now with with Millwall Football Club. Absolutely. I mean, if there's nobody 
willing or able to stand up and ask the tough questions in a council chamber that's 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 one thing um those councillors that want to have dissenting feelings are pretty much silenced for for their career ambitions or because that they've got party loyalties or because they they don't want to derail sort of labor's reputation in a borough then then that's going to continue to go on as long as there's not a major opposition there obviously lewisham and liberal democrats were the last major opposition in um lewisham and we're ready to step up and be that again um but we spoke about it a bit earlier i really think that there's a case there to scrap the mayor altogether far too much power is concentrated in his hands situations like this happen when he becomes an untouchable figure. It's not the only time that we've seen directly elected mayors at this level fail. If you look at uh, Tower Hamlets and the overt corruption that went on there, you can also see how... It, what happened in Tower Hamlets? So, uh, look for Rum, it's all ongoing, but, you know, mass accusations of corruption and dodgy deals and exploiting his position as a directly elected uh, mayor in that borough as well. You know, at London, regional level, I, I can see the case for a, a figurehead, especially with the sort of different powers that they have and Manchester soon will have the same but at the local authority level I think the case for it is gone um, there's not enough checks and balances councillors lose too much power um, and yeah we need to go ahead and sort of scrap the position now and let Millwall be the wake-up call to that. Yeah and I think broadly uh, in the UK as well we've had Tim Farron uh, head of the Liberal Democrats pitching in um, about you know how how much uh, Blackburn Rovers means to him um, and how this is this could easily just happen to anyone. Simply, a council comes in and says, "On your bike, you know, I've I've been in, you know, whoever's been in charge for too long. Uh, there's money to be made, but you know, it's all right. We'll we'll give you a leisure centre, but can you just can you just piss off, you know? Because yeah. uh, we've got money. We, we you know we want money rather. You know that that is the state of British football. I think I think that greed." Greed, the disease that is greed, is coming in, and it's and it's going. Football fans don't matter, you know. Football football fans can go hang. We want our money. Yeah, I mean, Tim's a f- proper football person, and I say that because I'm a proper football person myself. So I think I've got the, the right right to identify him as it. So his instincts on this are correct. He wants to side with the football club because he knows how important they are to people and it's not just the fans that are important to they're important to the entire structure of the communities that they exist within and things like the Millwall Community Trust as I mentioned earlier are just one part of that as well. Some of the situations you refer to there in wider football are often coming in because new owners have taken over and want to change things or there's you know different sort of drives for for clubs um, based on different things but in this situation it's absurd because we've actually got the local authority being the one that's causing the problem the local authority that should be looking at mill as one of its crown jewels its greatest sporting asset one of its biggest community assets should be desperate for it to to remain a part, a part of the community in that way. You know, Millwall being forced now to come out and say, yes, you know, if this continues, we are going to have to consider moving to Kent. Ludicrous. How, how can Lewisham possibly be allowing this situation to develop where, where, where Millwall feel like they have to say this to get the council to listen? In, under any circumstance, Lewisham needs to be on Millwall Football Club's side first and then developers that want to build luxury homes second if Millwall are forced out which should obviously be just criminal what what the hell are the community going to do to the to the Lewisham council that's a real worry well I think 
I think we are going to stop it actually um, because I think the strength of feeling on this is too strong and and for those of people that are not directly connected to the football club either through being fans or living near the ground or benefiting from the trust or so on it's having a ripple effect across the borough because people are now fed up with the way this Labour administration is behaving they are behaving as if there is Nothing to respond to, nothing to listen to. It's a shoe-in for Labour. They get, as you said earlier, 53 councils out of 54. It, it's a comfortable ride for them. They don't have to listen or engage with the public. There's other examples of it across the board as well. And everybody else is now latching onto this issue mm. as the prime example of how Labour are just not listening and they're fed up and I think we've got elections in May 2018 and we're going to see a huge wake-up call for them in that respect but I also think the bits between the teeth now people are going to be willing to fund legal challenges we're already seeing people attempting to get it called in by Sadiq Khan or Savid uh, Javid as well there needs to be a public investigation to this whole whole thing as well I think uh, on some sort of level because as I said those links are still not quite clear for people and it's diminishing people's faith in politicians and politics and we need politics to, to to change the communities we live in and situations like this give politics a bad name mm. and they're giving politicians a bad name and they're they're diminishing the faith in our local authority how can anyone hear more about how can you hear more about it is there anything on twitter facebook yeah, definitely. I mean, it has started to get some national attention now. Jeff Stelling, uh, if you watch Sky Sports News, was talking about it. It's been picked up by The Sun. And the person who's been writing about it the most, um, to his credit, is Barney Ronay, or Ronay, or Rooney. We're not sure. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Ronay. Um, yeah. But he's a Guardian sports writer. He's been following this brilliantly and keeping everybody updated of it, uh, of every passing detail. Uh, the other one that I'd say that you have to look out for is the one of the Mill supporters at AMS. Yeah. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at a underscore m underscore s underscore group. Um, they've been digging uh, around uh, trying to find all the evidence they can for, for, for what's going on here. They're brilliant as well. And I just think show your support, show your solidarity. Like you said, this is about this is about sport. This is about um, sports role in communities. It, it, it may be Millwall first, but... If, if this is going to happen in an inner city borough like Lewisham, what next? More inner city clubs are going to be driven out yeah. of London. Manchester clubs could be driven out. I, I doubt we're, we're going to yeah. see Old Trafford just yet. But, but you know, it, no, it's no, the no. start of sporting being driven out. Uh, sporting clubs being driven out of cities. Yeah, and also you know, if if something as big as a football club in the Championship can get tossed aside, what about any other structure, any other form, library, theatres? You know, that is something I think we need to think about. And we could probably end on that there. But it's definitely worth thinking if that can go, what else can go for luxury housing and how much more we're willing to to sacrifice? Where where is the instinct of your local authority when it is siding with this developer that is cloaked in a shadow, wants to build luxury homes over, over this local football club? I just don't know. Thanks for listening this week, whoever you are. Whether you've been listening on a train, that's pretty much the most standard one, I think. Maybe listening whilst you're on a a rowing machine or a cross-trainer, in which case you're an idiot. Just carry on drinking booze. No, I'm joking. Uh, Thanks so much to Nick Clegg's people. Very, very generous, very accommodating bunch. And... That's about it, really. Don't hesitate to leave me an email. Drop me an email. The Limehouse Podcast 
at gmail.com. Also, uh, we're on Twitter, of course, Limehouse Pod. It's fun. Get involved. Banter away. Uh, joke away. Uh, you know, you can you can even leave a, a comment on on the show if you like. Probably your best bet, to be honest. I mean, that's really what the show is about. And then uh, the obviously the Limehouse Podcast on Facebook. Until next time, take care, be nice to each other, don't forget, be nice to your animals, okay? They can't talk, so it's important to look after them, okay? And then also you've got uh, your Amdram Society, make sure you, you keep in touch with them, they're important, you know, and, and always uh, be ambitious, uh, never close the door on anything, and always say, but try and be a yes person instead of a no person, and give to charity, uh, take your shoes off before you, you come indoors, make sure the mud's off, uh, be good to your mum and your dad. Uh,